Hello there, this is Adam Leon Smith, Chair of the BCS Fellows Technical Advisory Group, and I'm here today with Merve Heacock, who is Director of the Center for AI and Digital Policy in the US. Um, Merve, we also know each other through For Humanity, where we're both fellows, and I think we've interacted on some, some papers over the years. Uh, but great to be talking to you after such a crazy week, right? It is, Adam. Uh, and as research director, by the way, I'm not the executive director, but uh, it has been a crazy week indeed. And uh, just like my Twitter feed, LinkedIn feed, and all the news articles popping up, uh, it's becoming very hard to keep up with, <laughs> with the conversation. Indeed, I think it's only I think it was Wednesday that the UK launched its national AI uh, white paper, um, which is a pro innovation approach, but also in a way it goes a bit further than than what's going on in some other states in that they're talking about specific technical standards. They're establishing a, a central function to implement it. It's a quite, a quite a balanced approach. But since then, a lot has happened. I think we had on Thursday we had the letter from the Future of Life Institute, uh, which had a thousand experts signing it, or at least um, stakeholders signing it, um, saying that there should be a pause on AI development for at least six months. And then today we've seen the Italian uh, Data Protection Authority issue a, a block, and I'm not sure if it's a network block, I'm talking to people in Italy who can still access ChatGPT, but uh, certainly they've issued some enforcement action uh, upon ChatGPT uh, and asked them to stop processing uh, Italian citizens' data. Um, so, it, you know, the momentum is insane, I think. It's a case of uh, there are weeks when decades happen, right? It is. And I do want to kind of cover, or not cover, but mention that we've been in this, you and I, and the center, as well as our respective organizations, have been trying to surface harms and risks with uh, AI systems in general for ages now. We've been talking about the current risks uh, and the harms and the necessity for guardrails and regulation for long, for a very long time. Uh, I think some of the uh, momentum and the you know the tsunami wave with with generative AI has increased this conversation and brought more mainstream uh, involvement in this uh, in these discussions. Uh, but obviously, as both you and I know. This is not a recent thing that we've been talking about it for, for a long time. And I guess as well, I mean, you, you issued the, you know, the Center for AI and Digital Policy issued a complaint to the FTC the day after the letter from the Future of Life Institute. But I'm guessing from the length of your and the detail in your submission, they were unrelated topics and you've been working on the complaint for a long time. Absolutely. As you mentioned, it's a pretty lengthy uh, complaint to Federal Trade Commission. Uh, we had uh, announced our intention to file this complaint in March 20th and put it out on our website as an open call for anyone who might be interested with suggestions, who might uh, you know, provide some, uh, some of their feedback, which were received from many, many scholars and different organizations. Uh, so the, the complaint that we put out is... Uh, uh, is also in, also includes uh, a lot of feedback that we received from that open call. Uh, so yes, we've been working on it specifically on putting the complaint together since March 20th, and then uh, the letter, obviously, with some of the names that signed it, uh, attracts more uh, news attention mm. or social social media attention. 
Definitely. I mean, and what do you think of the letter? I don't want to spend too long on it, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. Uh, well, I don't uh, agree with the underlying, like with the opening statement of a, a artificial general intelligence and AGI is uh, near and will take over the world uh, and we should be uh, you know, putting safety precautions around that. Uh, that's not what I worry about in AI and that's not what I mean when or we mean when uh, talk about safety. It's really protection of fundamental rights, democratic values and, and rule of law and public safety, etc. children's safety that we care about. Not necessarily uh, whether a future AGI, if possible, is going to align with uh, human values or whether it's going to be independent. So having said that, like I said, I don't agree with the underlying tone uh, uh, or, or the direction of the letters. However, uh, there are some parts within that letter uh, asking for more transparency, accountability, more responsibility uh, for the developers, etc. Uh, that they call the letter calls for. I do agree with, with those. Um. And that's very similar to um, what I'm hearing from some stakeholders in the UK, where there's a lot of people excited in the public sector and sensitive environments to play with some of these tools, but you know they can't get transparency from the technology providers on how the data has been trained. Researchers have to sign NDAs in certain circumstances. You know, it isn't transparent, it isn't open, there isn't sufficient understanding of the, the technology. And for me, the, the reason why I don't think we should pause AI development for six months, other than the fact we need AI development because we have all these problems in the world that we need to solve like, like climate change, is we don't need six months. These processes exist. They're defined. There is plenty of people out there who can explain the processes to building an AI system responsibility and being transparent. We don't need six months to do R&D and come up with complicated technical solutions. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, that quite a lot of the AI experts I'm talking do not support the letter and support a more, more balanced approach. Uh, yes, I, I agree in the sense that six months is a bit of an arbitrary number as well. So what's going to happen at the end of the six months? To your point, we've been talking about the safeguards. We've been talking about transparency and about data, about models, uh, you know, being clear about the risks and putting safeguards in place for those risks for a very long time. So we don't need to, as to, uh, to your point, we don't need to invent that wheel all over again. Uh, and the thing that's, uh, that, concern and that approach is also uh, very clear in our complaint to FTC because we think one, FTC has the jurisdiction uh, as a trade commission uh, to enforce certain regulations in the US. They have the jurisdiction to look into this uh, as an investigation or start a rulemaking. Uh, but also we are asking to suspend the further deployment of GPT commercial products. So there's a, you know, between the lines uh, for, you know, if you're reading between the lines, uh, we are concerned on things like public safety, on bias, on children's safety, on cybersecurity, on consumer protection, deception, privacy, uh, transparency. Those are our concerns. Uh, and the focus on commercial product is, without this um, guardrails in place and with some of these disclosures and information about the data sets, et cetera, in place, 
this is a product that might be embedded in other companies, in other products or services. So there's an additional uh, risk or, you know, compound uh, risk that new companies, clients to GPT or clients to OpenAI might be taking on as well, as well as the consumers, obviously. So um, there are multiple issues that we think FTC could uh, uh, could tackle with this complaint and hence the uh, almost 50 pages of our explanations of why this is an important issue for, for now and what FTC should be doing about it. And what's interesting is, you know, a lot of people say that we need new AI legislation. And that's the approach Europe has taken. But it's interesting that, you know, you you managed to make a legal argument under general trade legislation in, in the US that there's a problem here. Italy has obviously taken the view that it, you know, there's certainly under privacy law, there's enough problems with chat GPT, it can take extreme action. Um, limiting processing immediately. And I think they've threatened a 20 million fine within 20 days if certain remediation steps aren't, aren't carried out. Um, so do you think we do need dedicated legislation for AI? Or do you think working within existing legislation but coupling it with best practices is a, an independent audit, is a, a viable solution? Uh, I don't think it's an either-or uh, answer, Adam. Uh, I think the uh, the existing work on EU AI Act, as well as Council of Europe's uh, AI Convention. Those are great uh, initiatives, and I really hope to see them see the finish line as soon as possible, because uh, they bring in more, uh, you know, not only more support for research, but also more regulation, more uh, obligations on how public and private companies should be using these in you know high risk areas or where uh, fundamental rights might be undermined, so I definitely think um, those initiatives have will have great impact uh, once once they're out there in implementation stage. But that doesn't mean that we cannot do anything about it right now. Hence, you know there is a lot that DPAs uh, in Europe and around the world, you know, so. Data protection is a uh, is now a mature, relatively mature uh, regulatory approach around the world. So whether it's DPAs around the world or whether FTC in US, um, because we don't have a DPA, uh, there are existing laws that can be adapted, and there are uh, ways that we can, you know, um, what's the word? Uh, we can utilize those civil rights law, trade laws, et cetera, uh, to put those safeguards in place until we have more granular, uh, more AI-specific regulations. So I don't think we have to wait, but I do want to see those initiatives uh, uh, come to fruition as well. Or be fast-tracked, I think. Yeah, I think oh. uh, the, the, there are sandboxes springing up, I think, that may enable some of that implementation to be fast-tracked for things like ChatGPT. But let's go back to your complaints. Um, you mentioned before you're looking to block further commercial deployments or looking for the FTC to block further commercial deployment of ChatGPT. What other um, specific remedies are you looking for in your, your complaints? 
Uh, so first and foremost, halt further deployments, commercial deployment of GPT by OpenAI. Uh, I mean, we don't say anything about research. Uh, you know, the research obviously should continue and there should be more research around both the risk aspect as well as the deployment of these technologies. Obviously, we see a lot of benefits from these technologies as well. So it's not like, okay, stop uh, AI or stop generative AI systems and LLMs, etc. But there should be more time invested in this. The second piece is requiring the establishment of independent assessments of uh, GPT products prior to further deployment. You mentioned independent audit uh, requirement for independent audits. Uh, So that might be an audit or another kind of assessment. Sam Altman himself said he would be open to open AI, would be open to independent audit. So I hope that he... uh, Walks the talk on that front. Would love to see, uh, you know, they they've done a lot of good things. Uh, credit where they do as well. You know, you know, they have uh, provided many documentation, but not to the extent that um, uh, that addresses the risks that they list. Uh, you know, so. Uh, the other ask that we have from FTC is um, require compliance with FTC guidance prior to further deployment. Um, create a publicly accessible incident reporting mechanism. And, you know, that's something that we had also asked or, or you know, recommended um, EU to be included in the EU AI Act, not, on, not only like a database for uh the systems in place, but also incidents that happen. So we, everyone can benefit from, from the learning, uh, et cetera. Uh, and then we ask for FTC to uh, start, initiate a rulemaking mechanism to establish the baseline standards for products, like generative AI products in the, in the market. And FTC has obviously the authority to start that rulemaking. You might know that they have a rulemaking on, for example, surveillance tech right now. So that kind of rulemaking, we are not suggesting any open AI should do this, should do this, should do this. To your point, there's a lot of scholarship and a lot of research on what should be the safeguards. So we want this rulemaking to be initiated so the public, the scholars, et cetera, can all contribute to what those safeguards um, should be and it becomes an FTC rule, an FTC guidance going for for future. It strikes me that instant reporting is something that exists in many regulated areas. I mean, just look at healthcare. Okay, so healthcare has actually quite advanced AI, and is probably making the best and safest use of AI in, in medical devices. And that's been subject to rigorous peer review, field trials, independent assessment, because they're already required to have independent audit in the form of conformity assessment before products are placed on the market. Um, so I don't think it, uh, it necessarily slows down innovation um, to have conformity assessment, but there is also a middle ground which... Um, is, is the sandbox concept that in Europe and the UK is, is being pursued, which I think could offer the forum to bring together these independent auditors, these different rulemaking bodies in, in, you know, in, each, in each jurisdiction to try and like, enforce some of these, these guards in a, a rapid way if, if it's done right. Do you, think, um, do you think that's an interesting approach? 
I think it's one of the toolkits in the toolbox, right? It, it couldn't be just like one approach to solve this problem, but it could definitely be one uh, approach to, to solve this. And in terms of independent audit, I think one of the problems we have is because we don't have rules. I mean, the, the standards, but they're not mature, but we don't, we don't have rules. So there's nobody accredited to give audits. There's no certification schemes. So the accreditation and audit industry, sorry, not the accreditation industry, the audit of AI is unregulated as well at the moment. Who do you Correct. think would be best placed to do independent audits of AI systems? Well, there are a lot of uh, great groups and great initiatives. You know, obviously we are both affiliated for humanity. So definitely a big shout out to for humanity in terms of how they brought together more than 1,000 people, 1,000 uh, researchers and practitioners to create those, um, you know, AI audit criteria. Uh, there are also some other groups in, in EU. There are some scholars, like purely academic approaches to uh, independent audit as well. So I think what I would like to see is, you know, we don't have to, to your point, we're not inventing the wheel from scratch. Yes, there is no certification body. Yes, there is no regulation right now that are so specific to this. But there are existing methods and methodologies uh, and, you know, disclosure methods and audit methods. Uh, Just saying that, okay, we're we're open to independent auditing, but then we're going to choose who gets to audit us or we're going to choose what part of the uh, product should be audited. That That's not independency, right? So if you're agreeing for an independent audit, you should be opening um, uh, your product to an end-to-end uh, audit and, and testing. Uh, in the absence of that, you're cherry picking uh, and you still have the say that might become a conflict of interest on the other end. And that scoping and that target of evaluation exactly. has to be independent. It can't be exactly. prescribed by the, the auditee. Okay, great. So, um, I mean, the, the Italian DPA has moved very quickly. Um, how long do you think the FTC will wait before deciding whether to open an investigation and consider these these remedies? I hope as soon as possible. And I'm saying that uh, because Chet, you know, the Federal Trade Commission itself um, has recently also put out a blog post, a warning uh, that we cited in our complaint as well. And one of the things in that latest warning about ChatGPT and this kind of products were just because you are, uh, you know, mentioning a number of risks uh, in your disclosures, you know, just because you're uh, acknowledging a, you know, a, a number of risks in, in your product documentation doesn't mean that you meet the, uh, that the requirements or expecting, our expectancy of uh, your safeguards. You, you cannot just say, here's a very long list in my you know, safety uh, cards or in my disallowed usages, if you're talking about for open AI, uh, you know, here's a very long list of things that could go wrong. And, okay, society should deal with it and let us know if you come across any any issues and we'll, we'll sort it out immediately. That should not be uh, uh, the way to deal with that. Credit that they are, uh, you know, as soon as there are issues, um, 
result, you know, popping up like cybersecurity issues or safety issues or some uh, issues. They are reacting very quickly, but those are that those can be uh, patches or small fixes, not correcting, not working on the underlying model and like the general thing. We don't know because, you know, we don't know how they go about fixing those either uh, and whether that couldn't replicate, uh, you know, pop up somewhere else uh, down the line because no one has any idea of where the data set come from, you know, what some of the uh, precautions are. Um, So in summary, I think what, what we need going forward to achieve responsible and ethical AI development is known. We have the body of knowledge, even if it hasn't caught up into normative requirements yet. Um, We have regulators who seem increasingly motivated to do something about it. Um, We have legal action going on in multiple companies where where things will happen, presumably in the coming days and weeks. So interesting times, in summary. It is, and I hope that this... um wave of news and attention can also uh, get people, especially policymakers, to pay more attention to AI systems at large, not only, you know, LLMs and, you know, this focus on generative AI systems, but we have been talking about harms and risks of AI systems in employment, in credit, in, uh, you know, public sector services, Uh, you name it. So we need to look at it from a wider uh, angle and make sure all the systems that we're using that are currently in place, that are currently causing harm, uh, are handled. And, you know, not not lose the sight of the bigger picture just because there's this, like, shiny thing with uh, generative AI right now. I couldn't agree more. And, Merve, I look forward to jumping on a call with you again. Thank you for talking to me so quickly. I look forward to talking to you again once the FTC get back to you. Always a pleasure, Adam. Good to talk to you. Thank you very much, Mavi. Bye-bye.